You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. Today, I'm very, very lucky to be joined by Hiroki Asai, who is the Global Head of Marketing for Airbnb. Uh, He currently oversees all of Airbnb's marketing efforts with a focus on highlighting their millions of hosts who offer unique places around the world. Previous to Airbnb, Hiroki spent 18 years at Apple and served as the VP of Global Marketing Communications and Executive Creative Director. Currently, Hiroki lives in San Francisco with his family and holds a BA in Graphic Design from Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. Hiroki, welcome to Marketing News Canada. I'm so happy to have you here today. Thank you, Daryl. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me. As always, I really want to understand, along with our audience, you know, how did you get into marketing? What is your origin story? Feel free to take us as far back as you want and talk about whatever time and topics you want here. Thank you. I think if we want to go to the origin story, we should probably go way back. I actually, you know, before I had anything to do with marketing, I studied as a graphic designer mm-hmm. and was a graphic designer for a long time. And what got me into graphic design is I, I grew up in Cupertino, San Jose. It's a small suburb in California near the Bay Area. And I was really into skateboarding. And as a kid, oh, cool. Yeah, as a kid, I would always go to this local skate shop. And it was kind of the only thing of interest back then around. <laughs> but I would go over there and I remember just staring at the walls of skateboards. And, you know, just beautiful colors, beautiful graphics, and just, you know, display shelves filled with these beautiful urethane wheels. And that's kind of what got me really excited about, you know, visuals and graphics and graphic design and typography. Because I remember just kind of sitting over the counter staring at that for hours. So I ended up, you know, studying graphic design in college and then graduated and moved up to San Francisco to, you know, work for cool design firms. And I kind of quickly realized that I was a pretty good graphic designer, but not a great graphic designer. And there was probably a horizon, (laughs) you know, to my career as a graphic designer that I could see. And at some point, so the thing I got really interested in is using what I know about the creative process and about creative and extending that further beyond just design. And so that's when I started to use those practices and those skills in a different way. And, you know, I still, to this day, I still love to geek out about, you know, design and imagery and typography. It's a lot of the work that the teams do. But I think what I've learned to do is take some of those skills around ideation and the creative process and extend it into things that are more product and feature and marketing and audience related, I guess. And so I ended up here. That's great. Thanks for sharing. You've been in marketing for quite a while now, and that's not a knock on your age at all. It's just really cool to see uh, someone (laughs) who has progressed (laughs) from the skate shop and developed their interests all the way to the global head of marketing for such an iconic and recognizable brand. Personal question here for me, what during your time in marketing was kind of like your biggest aha moment where you're like, oh, I really, really love doing this and I'm in the right field? I think it was, you know, I've had the opportunity to work at some great places. And what's really kind of exciting for me is when you see all the elements of creative and marketing come together from a creative person's perspective. 
and really be focused around what a customer sees and experiences, you know? And so I think the aha moments for me, and, you know, I can't think of one, but they kind of, you know, have always happened when it feels like things are right, is it just feels great when you're in the flow and you see the advertising working off the same insight that the marketing communications is working off of, which is the same insight that the designers and the product are working off of, which is the same insight that the PR teams are working off of. And you kind of see the whole thing come together and you see all the teams, you know, working together. And I think that's kind of the most exciting and satisfying times for me. And what's interesting is there's creative that's involved in making the stuff, but then there's also creative that's involved in organizing the teams organizing the process, organizing the calendar, getting the teams to collaborate together. And I think, you know, there's that side of it that I actually really love as well. A lot of people don't really understand the difficulty and almost the balance needed to do all of those alignments that you just said. You know, you said that really quickly, but not many people who work outside of marketing understand the fine dance. And it's almost like an orchestra coordinating everything and establishing the right processes to all work together. So I can definitely resonate with that aha moment that you're describing. So what was your mission going into marketing? And what would you say it kind of has evolved now from a personal level? Like, why are you here? I don't know if it was a mission more as much as it was just curiosity. You know, I was always curious, you know, coming from graphic design, I was always curious about what the marketers did. I was always curious about what the advertising agency did. I was always curious around what the product people did. And so I think I kind of migrated to this area, just mostly a curiosity. And I think the thing that really keeps me interested is seeing how all the pieces fit together, you know, and we're lucky at Airbnb because we insource everything. From the advertising agency, the advertising that's done, the production of it, the marketing communications, the design work, the product work, the product marketing, PR, all of that stuff. And it's really exciting to see all of those pieces fit together around one insight. And you can actually see what the experience is like from top to bottom, you know, and pulling all the, those things together and making it really consistent is really kind of what keeps me going. That's awesome. Personally, I don't think I knew my mission going into marketing until like year five. And now I can't even tell you like a standard, this is why I do this. But I wanted to talk about your new exciting winter release for Airbnb. So congratulations on the launch. I went to the website today and I saw that video of your co-founder, Brian, talking about putting that room on Airbnb, showing us that picture. I didn't know that that was where the name came from. You know, super cool to hear about that air bed and breakfast approach. Such a good story. I think my personal favorite moment in that video was seeing the photo of Brian with his co-founders and pausing it and being like, oh yeah, that is him as a kid. That's so cool. And as someone who's kind of, you know, launched their own company, obviously not at the scale, I love seeing those kind of images that still stick around. And that was really inspirational. So would love to hear about, yeah, what is this winter release? Why should Airbnb community members get excited? And yeah, what are you guys launching out to the world? Yeah, you know, we're really excited with this release because it's really focused on our host community and it's really focused on new hosts. Now, our hosts last year have made the most money they've ever made on the service. It's pretty unbelievable. And we have a whole new wave, a whole new generation of hosts coming to the platform. And it usually happens around times like these when economically it's a little bit uncertain because hosting on Airbnb is a great way to make money. And now we know that, you know, we have about 4 million hosts today. And as we expand that, we're reaching a lot of new people that have 
some obstacles to hosting that we want to help them overcome. And so the big part of the release is a thing that we're calling Airbnb Setup. It's the new product and it features Superhost guides. So basically what happens is you go and you set up, you come to Airbnb to set up your place to Airbnb and you'll be matched with someone in your area. So if you're, you know, Daryl, you're hosting a place in Vancouver, you'll be matched with someone in Vancouver and they'll have experience hosting there. They'll answer your questions. They'll pretty much sit with you as you sign up and they'll actually like even stay with you. So when you have your first guest and you actually start hosting, they'll answer all the questions that you need to. You can, you can talk to them at any time. And it's, it's amazing. It's like having your own guide help you through this whole process. You know, there's also a lot of people that when they come to hosting have, some fears around things that could happen or protection. And so we're also upping our air cover from $1 million to $3 million. So this new liability coverage will cover cars that you may have at your place, boats, collections, you know, a rare sneaker collection. That yeah, my original Andy Warhol that I have up in my 500-square-foot apartment, you know, really happy. Yes, yes, <laughs> we'll, we'll cover that in case it gets damaged. So, yeah, but uh, no, it's great. It's very, very exciting. The thing that's really interesting too about this release is that, you know, for all the marketers and designers out there, it really, the inception of it really comes from this one insight that people actually have an Airbnb and they don't know it. Mm. There's a lot of people out there that actually have an Airbnb and they just don't know it yet. You know, when you go on vacation, you don't have an empty house. You actually have an Airbnb. You can Airbnb that for a couple of weeks. If you're older like me and you have a kid that, going off to college, you don't have a spare room, you actually have an Airbnb. And so the product and the marketing have really been focused around getting people to understand this, that you already have an Airbnb, you should just Airbnb it. So we're really excited about this release. I really like all the aspects of that, the super host uh, being your guide through it. I can understand how that can be very valuable and just such a resource for new Airbnb hosts. I saw something on there on verification of guests. Could you maybe share a little bit of that? I think that's such a cool initiative. And for me as a user, I've never been a host. I always thought the verification was always there. But then I looked at kind of what you guys were explaining there and the goal to launch it in 30 plus countries right now and and having that goal to have it all in place by next, I think, spring. Can you maybe share a little bit about what that brings and what that verification process allows your hosts and guests to feel? Yeah, we're really excited about that, that we're going to have an air cover as a part of air cover. We're going to have 100% guest verification by next spring, which means that any guest traveling on Airbnb will be 100% verified that they are who they say they are, which is a big deal. It's a really big deal to help build trust. And on top of that, as a part of AirCover, we also have reservation screening that we're going to be deploying. So basically, reservation screening uses some advanced machine learning to look for signals across reservations to really filter out reservations that could potentially be a party. And so I think that, plus the new liability coverage, really should give new hosts a lot of confidence that Airbnb's got their back. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. 
As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. I've always wondered about you know, that one quote unquote scary part of hosting Airbnb, which is having someone want to throw a party at your location, you know? So that's really cool that you have that technology there to help give a little bit more of a relaxed approach to the host and having that ability to know that their property is safe. I also saw the new categories. Maybe could you share a little bit of that as well? The new categories of fun that looked great. Like I love the gaming section there where there's like game rooms and being able to, I guess, almost design your vacation or, or wherever your stay is going to be, right? With your Airbnb team. I think that was really cool. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, categories have, you know, continued to be really great for us. And what they've become is a really fantastic way for guests to explore the world of Airbnb and everything that's on it. You know, and I think when you start cruising through categories on the homepage, you'll realize that we have all of these categories of stays and homes that you never knew existed, like castles and A-frames and trailers. And it's you could just get lost for hours looking at some of these homes. The new ones that we're launching with, you know, my favorite is actually Top of the World, where it's homes that are above 10,000 feet. And it's pretty amazing. I mean, some of these homes are like, in the $100, less than $100 a night range that are literally have the most unbelievable views you've ever seen. The gaming category, which you mentioned, games, which is, these are homes that are all over the world that have some unbelievable play spaces, skate ramps, basketball courts, laser tag arenas, you know, the whole thing is pretty amazing. Yeah, there's some pretty amazing, amazing stays out there. I'd love to meet the man or woman who has put a laser tag arena in their home. Like I got to talk to them and understand how that even came to life. That's so cool. Yeah. It's people with a lot of space. Of course. <laughs> yeah. 
outside of this winter release, which is really awesome, what has been your favorite project to work on at Airbnb? I think I would say the past couple launches have been pretty impressive to see. You know, I really, really had an amazing time working on this one in November. And the last spring launch where we launched categories was pretty satisfying as well. And I think, you know, those were two launches where our advertising teams were really in sync with our design teams who are really in sync with our marketing teams. And it was really fun for me to see some of the first times where we could really see the system working and all of the parts of our creative and marketing organization working together, you know, to deliver advertising that teaches people how to use a new product that directly responds to an insight that we had, you know, and then the engineering teams pull off delivering this thing and building it. It's just, I would say those last two launches have been pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Your answers across a couple of questions now have to do with the strategic approach uh, and how everything works together. So I'm starting to see a pattern, which is really awesome. Would love to understand the size and kind of your approach to your internal marketing team. Like what does the Airbnb marketing and creative team look like? Is it in-house? Do you work with vendors? Yeah, we insource as much as possible. So we have as much in-house as we can possibly do. So we have our, all of our advertising is done in-house. All of the product design is done in-house. All of the marketing and product marketing is done in-house. And then of course there's PR and comms that are all in-house. And of course it's built in-house as well. And you know, Daryl, as much as I do, but pulling that off across a single calendar that you know, where you have a couple events a year is extremely tricky because you're basically managing lots of different kinds of ideation processes, work processes, production processes. There's like a real complex operational level there and getting all of that stuff to align. And so, you know, we do all that for a couple of reasons. One is because that's how I'm completely convinced that's how you get the best quality work, you know, by insourcing. I think having these teams in-house is absolutely the best way to get the highest quality work because, you know, they're all operating off of one insight. Everyone is aligned around what the product is and what we need to communicate. And everyone is aligned around who we're talking to. And you're not dealing with any of the overhead of dealing with outside agencies and outside partners and outside groups, you know. And there's another reason we do that is because it also allows us to refine and refine the product and features and give it as much time as possible, right? Because I think creatives, when they're working that closely to the problem, are much more nimble. When you don't have the overhead of dealing with an outside agency or outside vendor, you can move much more quickly. And that results in, I think, just having more time to deliver a much better product or feature. Especially when you guys are firing on all cylinders, And launching initiative after initiative, that type of alignment becomes so crucial. And those, you know, avoiding having to talk to an account manager or project manager from an external vendor, those add up. That time adds up. I'm really interested just, you know, as a Asian Canadian working within the marketing space and yourself, Hiroki, you've been able to secure this amazing position and drive your own marketing team. I'd love to hear what you feel about uh, Asian representation within the marketing industry in North America and kind of what you've been able to observe over the last, you know, five, 10 years. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting question because I think it's Asian representation, but then it's also generally people of color in creative 
and marketing that you don't often see. And, you know, I'm kind of biased because I'm coming from the creative side. You know, and one thing that I've observed is there's some kind of foundational problems with the way you become a designer and you work in design and then ultimately in marketing or whatever. In that, you know, design school is really expensive and as much or more than, you know, going to law school or going to medical school. And there really is no guarantee of any kind of a return as a graphic designer or an advertising person or a writer that you're going to make enough money to pay off those student loans. And so I think it's a risky proposition for a lot of people and a lot of families to send their kids to design school, you know, and it's a shame because of that. I don't think we have a good, you know, cross section of the world and representation in design and, you know, designers, some stay on to be designers, some move on to other creative fields and some move into marketing like myself. And so, you know, coming from that view, that's one of the things that I've observed. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing what you've been able to see over the years. I think it's a really interesting point. I think that probably resonates with a lot of our listeners as well. So really appreciate that. Thank you, Hiroki. Speaking of our listeners, a lot of these guys are, you know, budding marketers, designers, creatives themselves. Looking forward into 2023, what are some positions and major positions that uh, potentially some of them could apply for working at Airbnb? We're always looking for people. We're always looking for great people. So, you know, writers, art directors, designers, marketers, people that know media, people that know social, you know, experts in those things, product marketers. We're always looking for great people. We're always looking for great people. To some of these great people, I was wondering if you could share maybe a couple of resources that you could recommend to budding marketers and creatives that listen to this podcast to help them buffer out their marketing and creative knowledge. Do you have any kind of go-tos when it comes to uh, resources? I don't have resources, but I would recommend just being as curious as possible and being a sponge and intaking as much of culture as possible. You know, I think there's a lot going on in news culture and street culture that ultimately permeates into popular culture. There's a lot going on in music, a lot going on in art. Of course, there's a lot going on in technology and in business, but mm -hmm. I think the more curious you are and the more sponge-like you are in absorbing all that, I think the better you are at understanding culture and people, which then I think makes you better at being a creative for sure and a, a marketer as well. I hope that helps. No, absolutely. That totally resonates. There's just constant information and uh, email subscriptions and podcasts to listen to to buffer out that knowledge and to stay curious. I think there's not enough time in the day to be able to kind of go to all of these. So really appreciate that. So I would love to be able to switch over to our quick fire question round here. So this is a chance for our listeners to get to know you kind of gut answer, no right or wrong answer here, just for them to kind of understand a little bit about Hiroki as an individual and some of the funner facts about yourself. So first question I'll ask, I know you have a family, so I think I may know the answer to this one. Are you a night owl or are you an early bird? That's a good question. My whole life, my whole life, I was a night owl. Slowly, with age, now I'm an early bird. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I got a lot of friends, new parents, who that definitely applies to. Um, this is a two-parter. Yeah. What was your first cellular phone, and what was your favorite cellular phone you've had over the years? Ah, uh, well, my, you know, I'm always going to say iPhone is my favorite, but mm -hmm. my first 
was a Motorola Razor. I don't know if you remember that. Do you remember the Motorola Razor? I'm in the middle of moving right now, and I literally this morning packed my Motorola Razor into my like abandoned tech box, and I'm going to keep it. Yeah, I love that phone. There's something so satisfying about flipping that thing open and close, and you know, feeling that spring oh, yeah. mechanism open, close, open, and it's still strong as ever. Yeah, I love that phone. There's nothing more satisfying than hanging up angrily with a flip phone. Totally. <laughs> clamping it shut. Yeah. Yes. That's kind of a late phone to have as your first phone. You didn't have like the Nokia or the Brick or anything like that? What, yeah, I believe. Wasn't that around the same time? I had the Nokia Brick. I had another little Motorola, little tiny thing at some point. But yeah, that was the one that I remember. The Razor. I guess that was just right before the iPhone. Uh, you know, when you get to be my age, timelines tend to get jumbled a little bit. <laughs> Something you have to look yeah. forward to. This one's a fun one. So if you could only pick three of the four to keep between dim sum, Korean food, sushi, or pho, which one would you uh, not keep out of those four? I love all four. I could eat all yeah. four like six times a day, but I love my pho. I love my Korean food and I love my sushi more than I love dim sum. So I'd have to probably (laughs) let dim sum go if I had to, if you're forcing me to give up one of those things, I would give up that one. Yeah. That one's a tough question. I get kind of emotional reading it because it's hard to give up any of those. I had to stick with one. I would stick with pho. Oh yeah. What is uh, your favorite movie you've watched in the last three years? Oh, you know, I just saw this documentary called The Alpinist. I don't know if you've seen it, which is amazing. Amazing. It's the story about one of the best climbers in the world. He's Canadian, actually. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I think he lived in BC. Spent most of his time kind of around Banff, I think. There's a town outside of Banff. I forgot the name of it. But in any case, like one of the best climbers ever in the world, but almost completely unknown outside of his community until this documentary came out. But, you know, would climb some of those remotest, scariest peaks and literally not tell anyone. And you do it alone. Are you a climber yourself? No, no way. No. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, where do you find the time? Oh, man. Okay. Yeah, no way. All right. Two more questions here before I ask to take a selfie here. So where's one of your favorite kind of like greasy spots to grab an item for yourself? There is a great place in the mission called La Taqueria that has the best tacos and burritos it's so good. It's ridiculously. There's always a giant line, but I, if you're just looking for a quick bite, some street food, that Latakaria. Thanks for the reco. I'll definitely have to check that out. And then here's the last question before I ask, take a photo here. If you weren't doing this, if you weren't doing global head of marketing for Airbnb, what would you be doing? Oh, that's easy. I'd be owning a surf and skate shop. <laughs> Back to the roots. Yeah. Yeah. I would definitely be owning a surf and skate shop and I would curate the wall of skateboards, probably maybe organize them by color or something, but I would have the most beautiful skate shop in all of San Francisco. Do you know the name of that skate shop? Mm, No, not yet. I may have to hire a naming person to help me figure that out. (laughs) All right. I'll have to follow up with you on that one when that happens. So, well, Hiroki, uh, I know you're super busy. I know you're in the middle of a launch today, so I really appreciate the time. 
that you have spent with me and our audience. Thank you so much for your time today. Again, like hearing about your path and your approach and what you've been able to grow from your original foray into creative and design has been really inspiring. And it'll resonate with a lot of our audience. Thank you for sharing about some of these features for Airbnb uh, with a winter release. That's really cool as well. And I look forward to chatting if we ever get the opportunity to do that again. Uh, thank you so much, Roki. Yeah, we'll get a bowl of pho together. Yes, sir. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio, thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership. We're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at hero.co.